Hey, John, what's going on, man? Roosevelt, so good to see you. I can't believe I survived the winter in Shreveport. It was, it was a brutal uh, week for Shreveport, and a lot of us are still suffering as we re record this, but I'm very fortunate uh, to be here. I didn't think we could pull this off. I know, right? I, I just talked to my mom on Clay Street, and she was telling me about her house. Is not She's not able to get any... Um, 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 she has water, but it's certain parts of our house where gaskets and things like that have eroded, so she mm -hmm. can't stop the water in her sink. She can't stop the water in her bathroom. It, it's 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 totally wild. I feel like I need to jump in a car and head that way. But being that it's the South, a lot of the roads haven't been cleared. I twenties blocked right now, so uh, they may get it open today because it is a a thaw. But uh, my heart goes out and my prayers go to a lot of people in Shreveport that are worse off than me today, even though it's above freezing. Uh, water may not be, we're under a boil advisory. That'll be over next Friday, probably, as they patch all the system. So heck of a mess. But man, I'm so stoked about this guest that we got. I'm, I first met him. Let me tell you, the first time I met him was in uh, uh, Allendale. I was, I was in the uh, uh, earlier... Uh, a few years back, I was in a meeting uh, on a uh, seemed like a summer night, maybe late summer, early fall, a little bit of a storm. And we're meeting, you know, we start meeting at 630. We have food and uh, lots of fellowship fun, you know, and then we get down to business and all of a sudden the door blows open and, and then walks this guy. And, and uh, it turns out it was Poetic X. And I had, I had, seen his performances a couple of times in in public uh events you know where he delivered a poem and bam man it, it was amazing but i'd never met him and uh so in from the night comes poetic x and he just sort of took over the meeting for a while with his uh, words and his wisdom so uh why don't we bring him on All i'm right. ready to well, get this conversation well, hey this I'm, we're so happy to have you here today, Mr. Poetic X. Yes. And introduce Thank yourself you to everybody. Yeah, I'm honored. Thanks for having me on. All right. Can, can, can you introduce yourself a little bit to, to, to the uh, people in the podcast? Don't, don't, they probably don't know who you are. Well, I'm Poetic X, a writer, a poet, you know, educator, a lover of uh, metaphysics, lover of science, uh, author, you know, um, Founder Jukebox Seven Records, founder of Poet On You, founder of Poet On You Poetry Fest. You know, so we, I'm, I'm poetry, 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 poetry. There you go, your favorite poet's favorite poet. <laughs> Man, I, I, um, uh, you know, just doing a little research on you. You know, I, I like to, I like to see who, you know, uh, go back and. And, and read up on, on our guests. And um, you have a lot out there, man. You have a book, you have music wow. on Apple Music, you have performances, you got Facebook, YouTube. D don't worry, we're gonna drop all of that in the, <laughs> you know, in this description for you, just so people can go out there, man, and, and hear a lot of, uh, of your poetry. And like, I, you know, uh, like we talked about earlier, I'm, I'm stoked about having just another Allendale native on the podcast because you know it, it just it, it you know and then you grew up up the street behind me 
right? You grew up right on the street behind me, right behind my grandmother. Uh, 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 you know, so Miss uh, Lula B. Jefferson uh, on Christmas Street, you grew up on Marsh Street. And, and I mean, we kind of know the same, even though we're kind of off in age, we, we know the same people. Yes, we were right in the same area. Oh, definitely. So yeah. I, um, now let's jump, let's go ahead and jump into some, you know, some questions. Uh, number one, I'm just going to ask you, what, how was it growing up in Allendale? Oh, it, it, I mean, you know, it was fun. Now, I, I didn't necessarily, you know, have all the, I guess it's amenities that some, you know, children may have had, you know, but just being in the wilderness, you know, it, it produced great character, you know, produced great character. I went to Ingersoll uh, for a while, then I went to George P. Hendricks, you know, and then from George P. Hendricks, uh, then I went to West Shreveport. You, you, you also go to J.S. Clark and Booker T? Well, I went to Booker T. I skipped J.S. Clark. I went to Linwood. And then I went to Your Drive. Yeah. And find myself at Booker T. Mighty line. Yeah. <laughs> I was there too, man. Class of 96. Yeah. Came out in 99. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely know the same people. We definitely know the same people. Now, um, Jumping back into what John was saying, you know, how you guys uh, met, what's, what's, what's your connection with the, um, the Allendale Strong, you know, community renewal and everything? How's your connection with that? Well, I have a passion. Let's, let's share with a passion, and that's not wanting to see a highway come through Allendale. So mm -hmm. once I heard in the news that they were thinking about bringing a highway through Allendale, I said, I knew I had to attend this meeting, you know, so I found out where the meeting was at, you know, and I got there and I was able to, you know, speak to persons and some person were familiar with some of the information that I was saying and some were not, but, you know, that was the passion. And, you know, and I met, I met Perkins, I met Deborah, and I saw that they were very passionate about, besides the, 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 the highway, you know, the boulevard or the different opportunities that they want to bring in the community. So I came in though, it, could, it, it may seem that it was conflicting because they were, they were opposing what the city was looking to do, you know, with the, with the park, but then they had a, a, a different vision. But then there I was with the knowledge from the, from the land. So I, I come in and that's how we all got acquainted. Mm -hmm. and, and you talk about the knowledge with the land um you really explored that area back there i i've been there a couple of I, i've been back there a couple of times i remember uh uh especially swepco park growing up swepco park playing in swepco park my father used to take me up there to play basketball uh, up there he's played basketball sometimes on the weekends and that area headed toward 12 mile bayou i remember growing up back in the day just playing in that area, picking berries, honeysuckle, you know, stuff like that in that area. And, um, um, you know, and, and we actually had a neighbor, Mr. Rhodes, and I'd be quick. He actually built like a little BMX little area back there, right? That we used to, right behind this house, Mr. Rhodes' house. But you're telling me that you explored that area and found some interesting stuff. Yes. 
and I don't say this too. And I, it, okay, they have that that Humpty Dumpty uh, riddle. The Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. All the king me, all the king horsemen could put Humpty Dumpty back together again. These they 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 are riddles, but the hidden messages is in the riddles. So many person would look at that and say, well, that was a dump there. But what you're looking for, you know, you have the hump in the middle of the park, which is the mound. So you're looking for the dumps by the hump. And this is how you find the black history, but the riddle is the Humpty Dumpty. But it's the pieces that you'll find once you go into the land, you know, which will then help you see into the riddle more behind Humpty Dumpty. So I had to go there and put self back together again because it was information that I wasn't familiar with. I didn't hear it in school. So I find myself many days sitting down, scratching my head, trying to put the information back in its proper place you know, where it wasn't disturbing from what I've heard in school or, or when disturbed my peers, you know, different constituents. I didn't, you know, person was, they, they used to seeing me doing poetry. Then here I come with information where, you know, some persons are passionate about highways. Some persons are, you know, passionate about certain land structures. And then when I'm coming in, I was cautious not to, to offend persons and run them off, but where they could still then receive the information and you know, I think it was a lot of and and you did. I think you did that eloquently. I, I think you said that eloquently because you're right. In, um, uh, a lot of times, information can be um, it, people can get standoffish when when you present information that goes against their uh, notion of uh, uh, history, right? Um, yes. And and a lot of times, what I tell people is. You know, uh, a lot. Of, you always have to come into uh, any kind of relationship with, with information and be open to it at least, right? You got to be open to the relationship to the information. You know, the 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 smartest man is not the man that says he knows everything. It's the ones that says he knows nothing, yes. because he is now open to what you have to say and willing to take it in. Now, tell us some of that information, brother. Well, okay, so I, I, I realized that what I was looking at, this symbol has been, again, it's carved in the land, and it's in all states, and you can also find it in churches, the same design is in the church, and it's in the courthouse. Now, I, I'm turning on this, on the picture right here, you can, let me see if you can see, I can't see the picture, it's kind of a, a the body, a human body. Okay, it's a little blurry, but I think we're good to go. Mm -hmm. How about now? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Okay, so this is the hill. This is Morocco. This is the highest hill in the north. So the stories about Noah's Ark in the in, in, in the Bible are still, they, they metaphysically uh, rooted, you know, to other meanings. So as I stood on Morocco, that's the hill in the middle. You have another hill over here, which I've named Muscaroon. On this side, you're going to have a hill, it's called Hugh. You're gonna have that flat aisle that goes down the middle. Now in the body, it's an, it's an esophagus, uh, your spinal cord, but in the land, that's gonna always be a flat piece of land. And then towards the bottom, it's gonna to lead to a depository, which is gonna be a body of water. But in the body, you're dealing with the kidneys and the bladder. So this symbol from human anatomy to the symbolism found in, in geometry or geography is still in the land. And our ancestors drew out this symbol and it's copied and pasted so that if we were ever 
in predicaments where we needed to get back to the base that we would be able to find ourselves, not just in land, but even what's going on with the, what they say with the pandemic right now. In the beginning, the earth was dark and void and without form. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. God moved upon the spirit of the face of the waters and said, let there be light. There has to be light that clicks on here. But also you notice the park is also by uh, the electric plant, which is controlling the lights. But many electric plants across America are in remote locations and the black history is already preserved there because the electric plants had already been built. You know, and they're associated with your ancestry or the powering of uh, the powering of of a planet. But the problem that's going on, I know kind of going on, but I found too, because I'm into to science and in the medical field, that when it's a problem in the body, this water of uh, this is pH, which is Africa. So to find African America in letters, you're just simply looking for pH. Person go to college, they need to get a pH degree. So basically you go to PhD degree just to find the understanding you should know once you get a college degree, you should understand the roundabout or you should have a pH, meaning that there's a balance of the body. So these two yards work together. Your right side is your yard of administration of dealing with liver. On the left side is heat or work yard. In Allendale, they, I mean, in New Orleans, they call this yard Avondale. And, and, and here is Allendale. But these two yards are meant to work together. So once this information is shared, the fighting between a Israel and a Palestine doesn't have to go on because that misinformation can now be un uncovered and person can realize that the symbolism is in the land and the, the shading of black history, it, it, it can be approached without persons, you know, figuring that persons are wanting the story just to, to, to black to be the story of attention or the center of attention. But this is what I found that's going place. This is also what takes place in the land and it also goes in the body. And it's also that symbol, you know, that can help you find more about black history. But you are the symbol, you know, so and it's even also in your, in your face from your, your head, which you're looking at your, your temple here, then you come down the aisle, which is the front of the face to the nose, to the mouth. Your mouth is your depository, which words come out of, you know. So okay. it's, it's undoubtedly that that symbol is, you know, rooted in, in Black history. But again, it's for everyone to wake up because it's an important time now. And I showed you this with the chart because in finding Africa, I was, I was able to see that in the land, C, the alphabet C is, is electricity. That's what it literally means. And when there's a problem in the body, it can be black or white. That means that person that's dealing with corona or COVID, that now that means that in a septic tank, these black particles are out of control. So you need to use silver. Silver is what fixes black. So that about the silver wall, C-I-V-I-L, is also dealing with S-I-L-V-E-R. And persons need to understand the silver solutions that will fix any problem and a person look at you know immortality is not as far-fetched as person think because if so then the medical field wins when we work countless hours day to day in day out definitely i mean yeah fact. i mean um and, and can, can you do you mind sending us a, a picture of that i, I can and probably embed it in the video okay. and uh, uh you know just give us a send us a full picture of it 
but um, I, I, you know, one of the things that, uh, especially our body and our understanding of our body, you know, I don't want to go, go too far off, you know, from Allendale, but, you know, right. we, we do have um, our, I look at the ancient Chinese, the ancient African, the ancient uh, um, medical um, that the Sumerians, and I mean, we can go far, far back. And, you know, we look at um, just how people were doing this medical stuff and medical understanding and having their own um, um, filling out their body with, with food and things like that, all the way back to, to the beginning of time. Yes. And now we're trying to fix things with technology where, you know, a lot of people say we've already been given that, that um, way of healing ourselves back from God. You know, I don't know what, you know, uh, it, uh, you know, a lot of people don't believe in God. You know, I say in the Atlanta area, a lot of people don't believe in God. I say it's all good. You don't believe in God. You don't believe in God. It's all good. I do. Right. And I think that God has already given us everything on earth to uh, heal ourselves. And and what you're telling us is that, you know, you know, you know, in your diagram that that the symbolism here in, on earth. It's already given us messages and we just need to, to listen. Am I correct? Yes, because this symbol of our body is the shape that's the symbol in the land. Mm -hmm. You know, so that one symbol all is inside, you know. And you can this helps find black history. The body is also an airport. So Allendale is also an airport. So it, it, it is it is designed to adjust and fix. If there's a problem in the body, the structure, a design of Allendale should ward off disease of foreign invaders. You know, that's why when it, the, the, the land also goes with, say, Everett, Sydney, Johnston Fort. When you're dealing with these forts, you're dealing with mounds again, but these mounds have been connected with civil war. But that's, that's improper information as it relates to Allendale because those mounds predate the story and how we've been recognized with the civil war, black persons with slavery. You know, and when they go to miles, they don't show Indians building miles. They show Indians building teepees. The mounds mm -hmm. and the mountains, which are another version of mounds, have been here. And then mm -hmm. this is how, you know, we can stop being so, you know, naive about the matter and then just truly recognize that person is recognizing Black history without just want to pour on my perspective. But the goal is, again, to adjust and fix the Black psychology, to put Black back in its proper place then you can do away with a lot of the racism. You can do away with the poverty. You can do away with the violence. You can do away with a lot of diff other social injustices. You know, the, the outroaring politics. It's all because, again, that narrative. But then when we fix the narrative, then we have a, we, we fix the psyche. I feel you. I, I definitely feel you. I, I, me, myself, I, I call myself an amateur historian. And I look at the, like you said, the narrative, the propaganda uh, of the lost cause doctrine that, that, that was uh, pressed upon us after the Civil War. I, you know, you look at, um, uh, I just watched a documentary the other day and they were talking about how um, when the Moors were in charge of Spain and how the English and the French that were coming down that were trying to take back over, what they were saying take back over, they were trying to take over Spain. They were fighting for Spain. They first, they had to learn Arabic before they can, because 
everything was in Arabic. That, uh, during the time of the Dark Ages, the English didn't have any kind of, they couldn't read anything, right? Because everything that, that the Romans and the Greeks and the Sumerians, the Arabic people, uh, the, uh, the, they, they had gotten a hold of it and translated to Arabic. By the time they got to it, they had to learn Arabic to learn about all of this stuff, to learn about the Alexandria and, and they had to learn about uh, Massa Musa, had to learn about this stuff by t- teaching themselves Arabic. But right. the thing that got me about this whole documentary was I saw where they said that that, that, that was a, 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 a friar or a father in the church. And he said, we should not have to learn Arabic, right? We should, we should turn around and interpret all this stuff. And his whole thing was, they felt as if we need to push this English um, white narrative, right? This narrative of, of not only you have to be English, uh, of French, you had to be Christian to have all the knowledge, right? So that whole thing was, you need to get rid of this Arabic stuff, push this right here, and 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 the way that we're going to get kings and people to pay for it is we're going to say these guys are heretics. Mm. They're not worthy of knowledge, even though the only reason they got the knowledge was because of, you know, Correct. the 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 Arabs or the Muslims at the time had preserved that knowledge all through time. Yes. All right. So I understand when you say the narrative can if we get rid of the narrative and we understand history, we take history in, then we'll be able because I love history. Yeah. And 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 you said something earlier about it's not just black history, it's history altogether. Yes. Go ahead and go into that a little bit. Go ahead. If- well, yeah, it's universal. So no, it's not just, you know, black history. Uh, it's just total enlightenment, you know. It's ah, I meant to etymology. So it's, it's AU, AU is gold. So look for those words with AU as a prefix, suffix, or in the center, there's the syllables. And then you will, anyone will understand more of history in its entirety, how important it is not to just think in the matter of black as a race, but black as an element, black as a fixture, as a source. You know, think of black in the form of alchemy. And then what could be done when we, we can use the properties or uh, exploit the properties of black properly, then what we can fix. You know, in society, but yes, it's history. It's it say Pharaoh let my people go and speaking of the Egyptians. So we say it's world history or just history in general. Pharaoh simply means fire. P H A R O A H. But Pharaoh is fire. So there's always that heat source at the base. So it invites young, you know, adult, old, older uh, persons now to just. They wouldn't be intimidated by intellects because we can take what seems as complex and what they're intimidated by this person. Now they they can sit in front of it with a viewpoint of simplicity. 
and then they accept the less and more. But yes, it's 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 definitely universal. And they're dealing with awe and gold. And when you mention Moors, you're dealing with uh, anchor. You know, and that's to be more to the word. And a more is a love. So these two yards that I'm speaking about, which is Israel and Palestine fight over and many other nations, these yards are designed to be me or more. They are, it's about a love relationship. So let that be established in Allendale. You know, the me or more, or a more relationship without, you know, any part is, you know, just getting offended, just enjoy it. That's why I say it has, to, it has the opportunity to be a model for the world at this time where they missed information and we have the information housed and documented. You know, it, it just blessed the world right now. You know, they will show those pictures in the Bible where Jesus and their sheep, you know, there's the giraffe, there's the alligator by the antelope, not even biting the antelope, you know. But we can bring society back, you know, in that form as it was shown to us in those pictures in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, um, let's take it back to the, to, to the element. And the only reason I bring this up is because you are famous for giving an element to people. Uh, John has a large piece of, of, uh, of, of um, I, I want to say it's a rock or, or um, I don't know. It, 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 your uncle showed it. John showed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was honored. I was kind of surprised that I got one. Because, uh, you, know, you know, I met you too, and your passion, I've seen it quickly. You know, you mm -hmm. were one of the person when I would come to the park, that I say it's not about this race, your, your, your passion and your excitement. It was so inviting to come to the park because sometimes mm -hmm. our own, you know, persons in the community are not passionate about, you know, the land. So that yeah. it, it does take that time. The other person that would come in and have, a vision for the land, and then they would call us out to come. So you mm -hmm. were there, you know, Debra was there, and, and, and seeing you all already organized, it was motivation for me to come out. Because I said, look at these persons gathering in Allendale, and it's at the same time, because I remember an article said on the front of it, they said busted. They were letting the trees grow up in the neighborhood, and it was getting covered up. You could, it almost looked like a jungle. You couldn't even see in the park, you know? And when we come back, all the playground equipment was gone. And then I read the article that said that members of the city, et cetera, was not wanting the information to get out about Allendale. And that's when I found out about the highway uh, behind the scenes and person was planning on the highway coming through. Yeah, that's a really ugly part of our uh, struggle is that the, it's illegal under the 1966 Transportation uh, Act of Congress to build a highway through a, a, you can build it through a church, through a neighborhood, but you can't build it through a park, you know, a public recreation area or a historic site. And that particular area of land is both, you know, it was once a historic site during that tragic period of the Civil War, but that was a Civil War Fort Albert Sidney Johnson was right there. And, uh, it's also a public recreation area. Man, I've heard so many stories about that park and the basketball and just the great afternoons spent there. And so we started recreating that. But, but you were there when they actually pulled the, you, you walked up and they're pulling the 
equipment out, we didn't even know that was going on, you know? And so once we found out uh, and and they quit mowing it, then we uh, decided, hey, let's just start mowing it ourselves. And Lemmy and Lewis and a whole group of guys got just got out there with mowers. And I mean, it, it was uh, as tall as Lewis, that grass was, you know, and uh, they just started mowing it. And I called the press and said, hey, check it out. Uh, the city stopped mowing the park and my friends are down there mowing it so we can use it. And that was a great news day for us. They did a, uh, the Times did a huge piece on it. And uh, so we thought, yeah, well, we, we got the park mowed. The city ultimately said, we'll mow the park. But um, yeah, what was that like? Weren't you walking up with your kids to go enjoy? They never said anything like we're closing the park or why they were closing it. And, no, and uh, didn't you come up walking up on it and they, and they were pulling out all the playgrounds? It was my daughter's birthday. And then we returned to the park and they get out the car and then they start running because just the day before, you know, they were playing in the park on the playground equipment. Mm-hmm. So they get out the car and then they go to running in the park and then they look back and then they say, well, dad, there's no, it's no equipment here. You know, it's gone. So it, yeah. It, it, at that time. Yeah. And then the other world were, uh, I remember tractor uh, tracks in the mud where they'd been dragging that stuff out of there. Then they came up on the, uh, on the uh, one day they decided they were going to take the pavilion down. We had just had a meeting there. Like it was early spring, still a little cold. And, and we'd met under the pavilion uh, mm-hmm. on an otherwise beautiful day. And that week I was wondering if they decided to do it because we posted pictures of ourselves at the meeting, but I think it was just on the schedule. So they, uh, they, uh, uh, Lewis, got word that they were going to pull the uh, pavilion down and the whole thing was on a lie. They, you know, so, so Lewis and I headed straight over there and he can get there quicker than I can. He lives closer, but uh, we headed straight over and just sat under it like an old fashioned sit in, you know, and the SPAR uh, parks and recreation report parks and recreation people kept coming up to check on the pavilion, you know, to, inspect it and we'd be like hey what are y'all doing they'd be like well we're here checking on the pavilion we're fixing to uh tear it out what are y'all doing we're like we're here using the pavilion and we're gonna sit here all day and enjoy the weather and so uh that became a huge showdown with the city Uh, another time man i got on the phone called uh friends and they started phone bombing the city hall and just keeping their phones, the mayor's office and Shelly Ragel at SPAR. And Shelly was telling people, well, that's an old pavilion. It's like like built in the 1950s. It's dangerous. It's got to come down. Well, no, it's not. It was built like in the 90s. It's, it's in great shape. And so we just spent the day. People came and prayed with us. You know, other people came up and brought us something to eat. And we just hung out there. SPAR kept sending people up. And saying, uh, hey, guys, what are y'all doing here? We're like, we're having a sit-in to stop you from tearing down the pavilion. No, we're not going to tear it down today. Yeah, you are. And so eventually the media caught on and uh, and came and hung out. And they did some live shots and stuff. And so the, the pavilion was saved. And, and uh, 
we didn't figure all this out until maybe a year later. I didn't connect it. And then we found out that the reason they were trying to tear the park out, and as we say, unpark the park, was because they needed it out of the way so they could build their highway through. That, that particular spot of land is holding up progress. You know, they're going to have to build over it or around it or whatever. And they didn't think of that. They didn't do their homework and see that beforehand. There's really so many historic sites, you know, I think 40, over 40 historic and culturally significant sites where important things happen in their route. You know, they couldn't have picked a worse place, you know, and the racist history of building highways through blackest, the blackest neighborhoods in town, you know, they find out where black people live and want to build a highway through there and try to scatter them, cut them off from each other, protect themselves from fears that black people will come into their neighborhoods. And it's just so sickening that it's like, once you understand that truth, you can't be quiet about it. You have to say something. So that's why we get along so great. Uh, and, and I wish I could move into that neighborhood. It's just, it's a gorgeous bit of topography with all of those mounds, those hills, and, uh, and really nice people and history that stretches back to the founding of, of Shreveport. That, that was out in the country. And General Allen, the last governor of the Confederate uh, and last general of the Confederacy, lived right there. And that history between those slaves who lived there that still have descendants living in Allendale, as I understand it, and, and General Allen and all of that just infuses that place with a whole lot of uh, energy that I, I can't wait to get back over there now that the road's are clearing, but um, um, yeah, you, you've been amazing. Uh, it's it's always great, and uh, let me let you and everybody know we're going to have a, a a big event as soon as this uh you know all passes. As soon as we're a little bit into spring, and hopefully COVID, we're going to have a, a big event just like we used to in the park. And I hope you'll come and uh, and share some of your words with us and uh yeah it's gonna be great but but um uh i'm fascinated by your history and the arts you know you you got that in allendale just like uh your uncle james yeah. was speaking about the history of the arts in allendale tell tell me about how you became such a uh, you're you're really a national artist i mean you you've traveled out of allendale to uh, do your thing. So tell, tell us about that. Well, my, my uncle, my uncle James, when I was younger, he always said to me, you would be a philosopher when you grow up. You know, he would always say that. And I remember making that one of the first words I wanted to, to, to spell, to memorize was philosophy and philosopher. And I would get around other students or children and I would bring up the word philosophy or philosopher to see if they knew how to spell it because my uncle James was telling me, you know, I'd be a philosopher when I grew up and he would come to the house and he would bring these different pamphlets of books, some be orange, green, yellow, you know, just different colors. And I would read those books and so it's amazing, you know, though he, he installed it then and he saw it, 
you know, and I was about six or seven years old. And then to later on become so passionate about philosophy. And when I say finding African-American in PH, it was actually in the word that he had me spelling at that time. Mm-hmm. So then artistry just came, you know, one, one poem led to another and I was amazed that person was listening and then I just kept going, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to read you a, a verse right quick as far as in, in, in the land. In okay. Now this is out of the scripture, not turning this to the religious sector, but I just want to read the scripture. And this is from Ezekiel, this is biblical. It says, Thou also, son of man, take thee a tile and lay it before thee and portray it upon the city, even Jerusalem, and lay siege against it and build a fort against it, cast a mount against it, set the camp also against it, and set battering rams against this roundabout. So that's X Island. And that's the features and the description of X Island being explained in the Bible. So the, the, the brother, he mentioned the lost cause. So I want to mm. just quickly address some matters about Blacks as it relates to the Civil War. Blacks have an identity that has been covered or not truly recognized when it comes to the Civil War, that there were Black men in the military that made up the Confederate, that there were Black men and part of a union. The lost cause in 1906, they set a plan out for 111 years that they was going to keep the history of Black persons, basically a lost cause covered up. And that when 2017 or 2018 came, then there would be legislation released or set forth that would then now cause persons to want to have the Civil War monuments removed. And this may disturb some person they be enlightened, but many of the persons cause identities have been switched and the statues that came in front of prominent locations as cathedrals, courthouses, churches, that was a that was by plan to put those statues in front of those locations to still deter persons from these persons considered a lost cause. And many of the names that they yelled to pull down when you're dealing with generals of the Confederate, you're actually still dealing with black men in the Confederacy. So men say, take it down, take it down. Underneath many are not knowing you're taking down the black identity they had to face switch. Because the history is just, just read you from Ezekiel and the description of the land from the battered rams, the mounds, it's still, it, it's still in the land. So we're not, with, with that much detail in, in biblical aspect, we're not recognizing the, the modernizing of the Civil War because then the books show you the features of these lands have been here. And Ezekiel also refers to the building of a courthouse, inch by inch, it gives you the measurements and you think, you think it's Ezekiel 43. So mm-hmm. all courthouses, they have a, a, a design within them that's still modeled after scripture. So we don't you know, just take it so much for us in the modernizing of you know, black person with civil war and then they become slaves. You know, they were more so invented into slaves, but they wouldn't recognize themselves as such. And, you know, the, um, the narrative uh, of the lost cause, uh, you know, and the, the narrative of the, I guess, the, the hidden parts of history, um, it, you know, I, I, somebody just, 
I had a conversation with somebody a long time ago, and they pretty much told me that the the winner writes history. I forgot the little saying that goes with it. John John might know what I'm talking about. You might know what I'm talking about. But pretty much, uh, to the victor go the spoil. Right. And he said that the victor writes the history also. You know, if you look through all through time, and the victory, the person that won the war writes the narrative of the war, right? You look at, uh, you know, you, you go all the way back to Egyptian time and, you know, uh, uh, Sudanese and, you know, uh, all the way back. And I bring all that up because the lost cause is really the first time where the victor, the union, did not write the history, did not, you know, they, they did not um, talk about the, uh, um, you know, they didn't write the history. The lost cause, the sons and daughters of Confederacy went in to change the narrative of the Civil War. And at the same time, they wanted to, like you said, hide the part where African-Americans actually had more of a say in the Civil War. I, I do a, a Black history thing every, every day during the month of February. And one of the things I brought up was the Missouri-Kansas conflicts and the Missouri Compromise. And, you know, just that the whole time frame, we don't talk about, like you said, there were black Confederate army, you know, Confederate uh, uh, fighters, right? Uh, I watched Louis Gates talk about, uh, he had a star uh, uh, down in New Orleans, from New Orleans. I think it was Gumble. His, I want to say his great, 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 great grandfather, something like that was a Confederate loyalist. And this is because he was a uh, free black during that time frame, And he was thinking in his head, if I fight for my freedom, thinking just like the people, the same blacks had fought during the Revolutionary War, if I fight for my freedom, I'm preserving my freedom, right? That's, a, that's how a lot of them thought, right? But on the other end, when, when they started losing and the Union troops came down and said, what side you fighting on? You want to know what he did? Split side. <laughs> he was a smart man. <laughs> so I, so I, 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 like, I like that, you know, you're bringing up the historical uh, and you're making... You know, you're making people think. You're making, and but you make people think with your poetry too. You make people think, and I just, I right now I'm listening. I, I was when you when you came up. I was listening from the soil to the surface, just to get myself reacquainted with your work. Yeah, and and, and when you're writing that work, how much of Allendale? How much of your past in the neighborhood you grew up, the schools that you went to, the experiences that you have in Shreveport, how much of that is your inspiration? Uh, it probably be a book. I mean, maybe over 80% of the writing, you know, as a base to, you know, get me started. 
you know, the heat source to get me going in, in writing, you know, because if I have certain points where I'm talking about my Uncle James and, you know, what we're speaking about now in philosophy, I think that's on from the soil to the surface, you know, and uh, the neighborhood experiences. And again, just one person to have clarity on complex subjects. So I can take poetry and turn it into a motion picture and simplify what person may not have time, you know, like they do for a two hour movie, but I can put it Tinseltown in four minutes, you know. And, and, and I see that uh, uh, um, a lot of your, your poetry talks about struggle, but it also talks about the, the good things, the good times. Yeah, that's right. And being uh, optimistic, you know. I always embed in hope. Mm -hmm. Yes, I always embed in hope. That, 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 did that hope come from your uh, this your, your interactions with your family because the way your uncle talk man y'all have a very interesting yeah family structure so is that does that hope come from the 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 uh, livelihood of your family yeah I would say so you know those you know the men that come before me I mean, I'm, I'm just glad to be a part of the lineage you know. But my uncle, he's always been so passionate. I seen, and he said in the video, he said persons like him that care. That's what was needed, and that was about it. He he's right, cause he he's caring, you know. And you have persons that care. Where persons are separated, you put those persons in the middle. You know, they can bring viewpoints together. So Uncle Jane, he really cares, and you know, he's inspiring. You know, so I'm glad, you know, that you know he's my uncle. You know, it's actually my great uncle. But I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just found the talent for there, but I'm, you know, I'm so humble. You know, I've been to humility and often, you know, I don't so much even recognize the compliments. I'd be so into the work and putting the message out. But yeah, I do recognize that our God has done a great wonder with me and, you know, form a, as far as a pool of talent, you know. And I just be dedicated and expressing myself. And you see from the chart, because, you know, per se, well, this, you know, I'm poetry. But then they say, well, you know, I submitted this in a drawing. You know, the critic overlooked it quick. You know, it compared to those other professional artists. But I still wanted to put the pitch in. I was dedicated because I knew it had a message. You know, so I'm always up for the spontaneity adventure when it comes to creating as an artist. Now, your artistry uh, is is uh, just. I mean, it it, it I, I can see that it, it it comes out your pores, right? Mm -hmm. And um, but you have a business side to yourself. Like I, I said, you, you know, you're on Apple Podcasts. I saw your book. You know, you're doing performances. You have a business side to yourself and the entrepreneurship that also resonates from you. Did you get that entrepreneurship from your from your family also? You know, that comes through the struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was hosting shows years ago at um, it was H&H. &H. And I would want person to perform, and they were very talented. But when I would see, I saw that they wouldn't perform if there wasn't compensation. And now that I, you know, I had the compensation, I'm just there out of love, showing up, doing what I love to do. But then I started to see persons were expecting me to discover financial means for their talent. So that. That got me into the entrepreneurship of it. It wasn't even me. It was it was others and what I wanted to do for them. You know, when it came to organizing and producing events and shows, and I mentioned that saw it as a 
you know, studying business and not too savvy, some of the business professionals around, but then I began to, you know, with you by seven records, I studied more on the royalties and, you know, the publisher share and the writer share. And was seeing that, yes, a lot of persons into music and creating, but the business aspect is the side that we weren't sitting down communicating about, you know. So I got into that and then the publishing and the books, you know, and speak a million publishing. I always wanted to, you know, be that cornerstone for poetry. So that was poet on your poetry fest. How to get to poetry street. I created the curriculum, shop treatment, revitalizing education, a three to nine month program. Uh, try, to try to work to get that into the Cattle Parish school system, especially after the young girl Amanda Gorman was shown, you know, at the inauguration. So I'm okay, well, perfect. Let me revisit the schools and get the curriculum in, and then let's make poetry mandatory, you know, highlighted within the schools right now. I, I love that you're doing that because one of my biggest struggles is getting my son to read, right? Yeah. And and what you're doing, man, what, what you're trying to put back into the schools is not only just the reading aspect. And, and this is something that I, 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 I felt from your, your, your uncle was the literary part also. Yes. You know, the literary understanding, the, the expression of words. Right. You want to get a little bit of that and how we can get kids back into, un, you know, not just understanding words, being able to express themselves with the words the way you do. Uh, allow them to be animated, you know, come outside of themselves because you see our children like cartoons. But if they can find themselves as animated as a cartoon, almost as a superhero, a heroine, as a writer you know, in, in, the, in the literary field, then they keep the excitement. They, they continue to create the stories, you know, and dive in where some persons, you know, they don't go the distance. And I watched them where, I watched the youth when you give them a chance to be animated, you know, how automated, you know, they become autonomous. It just comes out and comes out, you know, so I definitely just giving them that opportunity, you know, when it comes to writing. Oh yeah. Uh, who, what, when, where, and why? You know, you give them. That's I always tell them. That's five of the most important words in the human vocabulary. Because once they yeah. use words, it's a quest. Uh, uh, questions invoke a quest, and once you invoke those questions, and they can go to developing a story, and they again they find themselves in the story. They don't always be passionate to deliver. You know. I mean, it. You're right about that one, man, and. You you spoke some great words at right then and there, you know, because that's 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 what teachers are trying to get the kids to ask questions. I mean, John though, John has done plenty of uh, interviews in his time um, uh, working, um, and uh, are those are the questions that you came in asking, John. Yeah, that you know, of course, you want to read everything you can about the subject or know as much as you can, it's not always possible, but you always fall back on the core that I learned in maybe middle school English, which is who, what, when, where, why, you know, and every story answers those questions. If it's a good story, it'll answer that. And maybe how, you know, how'd you come up with that? Or how, how'd you find X Island? You know, well, I was wandering around, I was curious, but it, it all gets back to, 
you know, who, what, when, where, why. And uh, man, I'd love to invite you to come uh, help us tutor kids when we start doing that again. And uh, in, in, uh, you can volunteer right there in, in uh, Booker T, for instance, through the Volunteers of America uh, um, uh, Teach in Schools program that they have. They go in and you send an adult in with an hour, you know, to just sit down with one kid and read with them or do their math with them. And it's amazing how much that sparks just that one guy and I, or girl. And I always think, wow, 10 years from now, this guy has a shot, you know, because he's interested in reading after you've done that for a year or two with them. And it's really just a guy whose mom is working the late shift at Walmart. So there's not an adult home with the energy, you know, maybe it's a grandma or something, but they just don't get read to regularly. And, uh, and what a difference that, and you would be amazing in a classroom, Hugh, you know, to get you in a classroom with kids would be easy through that VOA program. A friend of mine from uh, 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 North Shreveport was running a classroom and looking for volunteers. And he asked me, if I would uh, go help. And I, I was able to recruit two or three other friends from Allendale Strong to come help because the need's great for kids to get what you've got. So I would love to share you with <laughs> some of my kids that I, that I know through that program. It's a valuable program. But uh, yeah, man, you're, you're, you've been an amazing guest. I, I hope we can get you back for another hour or so of uh, talk and and I hope we can get you out to the park to uh, Swepco Park. We're gonna do a march with uh, you know do the classic. Um, we're gonna uh, hold a mock funeral in uh, uh, New Orleans style, you know second line march with uh, musicians and uh, and bury the uh, the history and the culture of Allendale under the highway in a mock fashion so as to raise awareness of, of what we're losing here if we build the highway through. And, you know, we're hoping to do that next month or the month after, and we would love to have you. Uh, why don't you tell us where we can find your book right now? Uh, well, for now, Dave, you can get it. From, we're also working on another book. You can get it directly through me, you know, right now. Because I, you know, I'm just so much that's going through Amazon right now. But Poetic X10, uh, Volume One, um, soon to complete Poetic X10, Volume Two. Uh, working on. And can that. we can we find you on Facebook, Twitter? Yes, Where sir. can we find you? Yeah, yeah, I'm all, all the above on those social media platforms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. We'll put those links in. Uh, we'll put those links in the uh, in the info page on this. Um, but man, I just, I can't wait to have you back on X because uh, he was saying, he was asking me about the gyms. So I want for, you know, for I do uh, get, you know, uh, finish with you all. I want to share this for any person that's watching. You oh know, yeah. Yeah. You find the highest hill in the North mm -hmm. and you look West, there's your Africa, any city, any country, but you also look East and then there's your yard of administration. Or you'll find a doorway. I found a doorway, you know, to the city. Yeah. Um, in the exile. Now, I, I want 
speak on the actual location of the doorway right now, but on the right side, so baseball parks in America are also black history and the shape of that L or almost a V in the beginning of the baseball parks is the shape to the right yard. It's a square or a block. So once you go on the right side of the, of, of the yard, you will find that there's an entryway because I want persons in any city or country there to be able to find this history. There's an entryway to the right. Along the left, there's going to be a tree line. Along that tree line is where you will find gems or the, when they say five loaves of bread and two fish in the scripture, you're looking for rock formations in the land that they look like meatloafs or they look like barracks uh, or a loaf of bread. Mm -hmm. But they are rock formations. And in the center of these formations is where you find these gems. So this is Beethoven. That's it. You can see Beethoven. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's what I call it because shaped like a piano, very heavy. But I yeah. found Beethoven at the base of a tree one morning. And it was just a little a glimmery, a, a shimmery uh, light. But as I carved out the shape of Beethoven, then this is what I found. You know, so it was many more in Allendale. So that story about Christmas, the stories of Christmas and and uh, Easter is about the gifts that you will find in the yard. So the red, the yellow, the green, the purple. You know, you're mm -hmm. looking for actual gifts in the yard. But the holidays, you know, they again, it's the metaphysical meaning of the holidays. But you're actually looking for treasures in these yards. And they show up at different times, you know. So that this anyway, this is Beethoven, but I'm having other persons that they find. I found some clay tablets. These two clay tablets were at the base of a tree. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. They call them at times uh, with a cuny cuneiform in history. But I found those, you know, and then found a bunch of, you may can't see, but I found a bunch of shells and a bunch of seashells. All kinds. So yeah, wow. bones, you know, different jaw bone. Uh, I found one brick, this particular brick, and it has the stones inside the brick. A gemstone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that. Wow. Architecture now. You know, you can tell on the layers on the end. We got like seven different layers. I'm trying to put it up close. See the layers? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's many. It's it's so many artifacts. But I want help. I want a help person be able to identify those lands. You know, especially primarily. You know, my persons and you know black blacks and they go to those lands and they able to find those treasures that their great 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 grandmothers, great 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 grandfathers. You know that they they still have there you know, form and mm -hmm. you no, know, you know, disrespect to many of the persons that they bring in now, but they are signed, you know, roles and often they don't know that the roles that they're carrying out is removing black history from these locations. So they'll bring preservationists into the area and they say, well, this area was to the Civil War and we got to protect it and we got to build a fence around it. That business model has been going on a long time. And then that's how black history has been removed. Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, and it speaks about the wealth of America, where the wealth of America has been in these yards. And there was an article come out recently about 
a lot of bottles that were found in the city and they connected with Al Capone. You know, but another reason why they say the Egyptians were drunkards, but they weren't drunkards because they were making wine. You know, they were making medicine. And that's why you find so many bottles in these yards. And, and I found mm -hmm. stockpiles stock of bottles even going to the Civil War, before Civil War. You know. So again, it's just, it's, it's the great Allendale got what it takes to just serve as the model, you know, for, for America, other continents, you know, to change the narrative, you know, to awaken the consciousness, uh, enlighten like never before. You know, then when they deal with racism, then they can come to Shreveport and then they can see the way that we communicate across boards and different entities. And, you know, you don't got to recognize racism. We're based on the information on, on entrepreneurship, on community development, you know, so to put the racism in there is just trying to, just trying to prolong a narrative where that's not it right now. What we're focused on is to, to, to change it out, you know, again, put black back in its proper place and to adjust and fix the black psyche. And then everybody, you know, across the board can benefit. Oh, and yeah. for even, and they special too. You know, I, I said, well, it was a common day where they say, well, boy, you speak so good on the black person. What about the Europeans? What about whites? And there always was a concern. And I studied and I felt even the, the beauty in white. So it's not about me being racism. just want to highlight you know, my person, you know, but you find them in Aurora, you know, so, you know, Superman, you know, he, from within he glows and then his glow shines on the outside and it, it goes a distance or as a shield on the outside, you have Aurora. And then this is what Europeans represent, uh, whites represent in, in science as is related polarity between whites and blacks. So again, I'm, I'm by ending this part as far as in this racism because it's been kept up with foolishness, you know, and the propaganda of a slave narrative. And, you know, I, I don't I don't like that because, you know, I, I, I have, you know, Europeans and whites that I deal with, you know, continually. Yeah, we're, we're all human. We're all child of God, you know, and, and that's how I look at it. We're, we're all a human child of God. If I can, if you could take a kidney out of a white person and put into a black person, you know, then what are we really separated by? Just out, out of the skin. Just, um, um, I throw a book at you. I don't know, you probably heard of it already. Uh, Cast. Um, it's, it, um, it's, it's a book called Cast that, that um, I, uh, I read and it talks about how, uh, it brought up one, one story, one quick story and I'll make it very fast. Uh, during World War II, uh, they were talking about a girl that they thought uh, in Germany, it was in Germany or Poland, that they had no idea where this girl was from. They were like, where's this girl from? She must be exotic. She may, must be from somewhere else. She can't be one of us. But she was. It's just that she had a dormant gene somewhere that came up and she didn't have the same color hair and the same, you know, she's a little bit darker than everybody. But she was of that community. Yes. But we look for differences to separate ourselves. Yes. Right. And that's just the human nature of what we do, you know. So um I, I'm I'm definitely with you, man. And and um, you know, uh you 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 are um the perfect ambassador for Allendale. Mm -hmm. All right. 
you are the perfect ambassador for Allendale. Not because, not just because you, you're just a well-spoken person. You are well-spoken to the, the umpteenth, like times a hundred, because you eloquently say things. You, you use your words in, in such, uh, um, I mean, you just, you just bring it together so, so eloquently. And, and it, it seemed like a family trait to me. It seemed like it, it's been rolling through your genes and your blood since since beginning of time, brother. And, and just like John said, man, we definitely want to have you back on and we definitely want to showcase you to the world, all right? Because um, you are a great ambassador to Allendale and Booker T. Washington Mighty Lions, I may say. Yeah. <laughs> I got to so, get you a too man, I get you. You know, I have one for you. If I have to mail it to you, or when you come to the city, I make sure I have you one packaged up real nice. Hey man, I'm I, when I come down, I'm looking for you, brother. I'm look, and I I will bring gifts. I, okay. I, I'm, I'm uh, you know they, they say when when you come home and somebody give you a gift, you got to bring a gift also. So I definitely uh, come come back your way and bring you a gift also, man. And That's and it. we are so happy to have you have had you on today. Um, you got any last words you, you want to say to the people? Oh, man. Uh, stay enlightened. You know, everybody stay enlightened, stay motivated, uh, keep hope alive. You know, time, times will get better, even regardless of if it's a pandemic going on right now. You know, the, the people will prevail. Definitely. You got any last words there, John? Hey, man, I'm just appreciative of everybody commenting on our uh, posts on Facebook and other social media. We're everywhere now, and we are raising money. So if you got a buck or two to chip in, uh, we have an ActBlue account, and we'll put those on the uh, those links. Everybody can hit it because uh, the C100, uh, I call them uh, the Cancel 100. They want to cancel Allendale. <laughs> But they call themselves the community, uh, the the uh, community of 100. Uh, people want to build a highway through Allendale, whether it's a good idea or not. They raised a hundred thousand dollars to cancel us. We're trying to raise at least a thousand dollars, but we think we can get a hundred thousand dollars to stop their disinformation campaign. So check us out, and uh, that's all I have today. I can't wait to to see this one when you get it finished edited this this is a great conversation thank you poetic x for sharing your uh your time with us it's been amazing definitely definitely so i my last word like always is like and subscribe to video on rdb underscore on on youtube page make sure you listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcast Make sure that you check us out on our Facebook page, our Twitter page, and also our Instagram page. You want to find any of the links that we talked about or some of the information we talked about, look down below in the description on, on, on our website or look down below in the description on the YouTube page. We'll definitely have those links there. And once again, thank you for checking us out here at the Allendale Strong Podcast. And we definitely want to have you back again. Have a wonderful weekend or have a wonderful night or whatever you're doing. Have a wonderful day and stay blessed. Love you all. Peace.